0: HOO- <laughs> What's up, crew? Welcome to another episode of the studio, where we hashtag talk nerdy about all different types of things as it pertains to being a creator. It is Thursday, the tenth of June, twenty twenty-one, and uh, supposedly this is the hundred and fiftieth, one fifty, uh, episode out there. So thanks for joining. Uh, remember that uh, whether you're live. Or you're in uh, replay, you're welcome to throw those nerdy questions, things about being a creator, uh, tech-related stuff, all that into either the live comments out there or wherever you might be listening or watching in replay down in the comments below. Today is going to be, or t- this evening or tonight, I guess, depends on what part of the world you're in, um, it's going to be kind of a hands-off uh, show as far as me. I get to take sort of a seat and ask questions. And encourage, again, everybody out there to ask questions as well because we've got Swamp Dog Armory in the house. Going to be talking a little bit about uh, some of the stuff that uh, he was able to do creator-wise and other things at the iv eighty eight eighty eight eighty eight 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 eighty eight the Iraq Veterans Shoot uh what a week or so ago, uh, and then also he's going to talk to us about some new tech stuff that I have no clue about and that's 3d video. So apparently that is, uh, that is the newest thing he's been dabbling in that. So first, before we get to the uh, rest of the panel, I want to welcome swamp dog
1: to the show. What's up, bro? How's it going? I want to say thanks for having me on. You bet. Um, Always a uh, I do my best to try to explain things to y'all. <laughs>
0: that's uh, that's all we all we ask for. And then we've got uh, 45 ACP pop it in the house with us. What's up, bro?
2: Good evening, good evening. Uh, filming quite a bit of stuff, uh, just got to get it all edited out and post it out.
0: Nice, uh, we've got uh, Banshee the Rogue Banshee with us. How are you, man? I'm doing pretty good for
3: a thursday evening i'm i'm ready to sit back and watch some 3d videos i got some popcorn going and uh yeah i'm just i'm just anxious to hear about
0: this yeah no joke uh and then finally back and clean up gotta wake him up wake up ghost is uh ghost hey, actual man what's happening
4: you know i have a newfound appreciation for bears just the fact that they spend half their lives asleep and hibernation is awesome concept to me. I'm all for it. Thanks for having me. Dump ears. Dump ears. Um
0: I gotta to apologize to you. I really screwed you up Tuesday night on your show. Yeah, um, I don't remember
4: Well take your apology. Yeah, you, I'm blaming you for everything. I don't even know what you're yeah. talking about. So up. here's
0: the thing. So before it started I told you I'm like, your audio sounds weird. You sound like the voice of God. There's this slight echo. It's really weird. Yeah. I was like, I was like, I'm like and I was like, it's not bad. And you changed a bunch of settings and you screwed a bunch of stuff up and liked and not got it all set back right. And you're like, screw it, went live anyway. And so I was like, Yeah, it's not bad. It just sounds different, like you weren't on the same microphone, right? You know? So I jump into a live today with, with G and G sounded like the voice of God. And I'm like It was, he sounded exactly, not the tone of his voice and the way he talked, but his audio, right? It sounded exactly like you did the other night. And I'm like, okay, something is crazy on my end. Well, I realized that on the cord for my headset, I've got a Dolby DTS button. And apparently Uh if you push that button, it puts my headphones in the Dolby DTS. So if you have that option, if you're out there, since this is the nerd chat, if you're out there, and you want the people you're listening to to sound like the voice of God? Apparently, that's what that button is for the DTS
4: button. But so you're to blame, just saying. So you're to blame for being 10 minutes late. So, all of you out there that have been emailing me and calling yeah. me saying you owe us 10 minutes free, I'm going to pass you on to Clover Tech. He owes you 10 minutes free. Yeah, 100%.
0: Absolutely. Mean it wasn't fault. just me who was late. Sweet. No, we're not talking about tonight, but you are late tonight, so uh, welcome uh, to the party, Budget, Guns, and
1: Gear review. How are you, man? My headset has THX spatial audio when you plug it into the computer. Mm. So what's up, budget?
5: Not much. Just got done doing my nightly ritual with the family, watching Game of Thrones, because you know, winter is coming and all that. Why not? And uh, decided to come hang out with you guys.
0: What, uh, how was, uh, Blade show?
5: It was all right. It was all right. I, uh, got to talk to a few people I wanted to talk to, saw a bunch of cool stuff, bought some leather. It was all good. Bought a knife.
0: Gotcha. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, for those out there live, um, you guys take it away with the questions. I'll read them if you throw them out there, but I am going to give the floor over to Swamp Dog Armory right now. Uh, and just kick us off. I know you uh, wanted to talk a little bit about IB eighty-eight eighty-eight. I have never been. I know nobody else here. I don't think has ever been. So, uh, guys on the panel, uh, yeah, lock them, load them, and uh, fire when ready on uh, on questions as Swamp Dog is telling us about IB eighty-eight eighty-eight. Take it away, bro.
1: Yeah, I definitely can say that I have a lot of tips for someone that's looking to possibly go there as a content creator for the first time because this was my first time. So I had that whole like, feeling like the oddball out or the small guy in the room type of thing going into it. But once you get there, like, that's all on you like nobody actually is acting that way there. Everybody was as humble as could be. All the vendors wanted to talk to everybody. It didn't matter what your subscriber count was or how many people you knew or anything like that. Going back to a couple weeks ago when y'all was talking about how to reach out to vendors and stuff, it like really struck home and uh, experienced firsthand But I think it might have been Ghost had mentioned it about. It's really hard for them to say no to someone that's right in front of them versus a phone call or an email.
4: Yeah, that was one of my most profound moments. I don't know how it happened, but thanks.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, like I said, it stuck with me from the chat. And then I actually got to see it firsthand while I was there. And I would actually say, uh, I don't even think anyone was really even looking to say no. I mean, everybody was like as helpful as they could be trying to like, uh, asking if you was wanting to film something or to set up times and stuff like that. But, uh, which could, brings me back to the biggest point, uh, there's so much stuff going on. If you're wanting to actually get content done and that's your goal, then you need to plan things out and not do like I did. Cause it was like awestruck the whole time and then here's the last day and it's like oh i only got two or three videos done
0: well that's but, part uh, of the thing with i think with going somewhere for the first time it's just kind of learning the ropes and, and figuring things out and it's like okay how do you how do you best attack this right
1: yeah and uh that that's what i was just fishing to get at is uh what my uh suggestion for anyone going Well, not just here, but like you said, any event like that, uh, but I can speak for the way it was set up here specifically. You're going to have time to go ahead and shoot all the guns that you want to shoot. Go ahead and shoot them. If you got someone that's there with you to film you while you're shooting it, get your footage of shooting the stuff while you're just enjoying it because you're not going to get no sound. It it don't matter if you want to record something talking or whatever. It ain't going to turn out right when you got all them guns going off. And then take the time when there's the breaks in the range time when the range goes cold to go back to them specific things that you might have wanted to film and actually talk to the people or film your spot of with your audio and stuff, like tabletop part when the, when everything's done went cold. And are
0: there not have a do they not have a place set aside for specifically for Talking and interviews and stuff like that?
1: Uh the way it was set up at the range this time, they had a small like trailer classroom thing that you could reserve to speak to, but even in there I imagine that there was sound issues just because the amount of concussion that was echoing from there. But they they did provide plenty of times of downtime for being able to do videos and the whole uh first morning probably hour and a half to two hours before any shooting starts, they let you like actually walk through the vendors and all that stuff and give you plenty of time. If you're wanting to like film something then and like do your introductions and stuff. And then of course they have a couple of breaks for lunch and dinner and then a couple of breaks throughout the day uh, when they do the cold range or, and then a couple of times when they'll do a suppressed only and so when they do the suppressed only is another time to do videos. If you go to like one of the spots, that's a little bit away from the range. Cause you don't have all the loud guns going off as long as you're not right up close to the range. But like I said there even, even then there's still plenty of time as long as you space it out. Right. And all that where you're going to have time when there's no shooting going on to do videos, or if you want to do an interview and something like that, I know I would suggest, it is probably not the best type of event for someone that's just doing an audio type podcast. Unless you set up. Uh, Unless you set up uh, some kind of like soundproof room in the back of a van with some foam and towels and stuff, you're not going to get really good uh, podcast type audio. And that might be something to think about
0: for somebody that has a, a van or a box truck or something of that nature. And, and I was saying that that's actually or, something. Rent it out. Something. Something else.
1: I was just going to say, I guarantee you, if someone was to do that, even if you was to say uh, someone could rent a couple of U-Hauls for the weekend and you kit it out with some foam and towels, whatever, there's going to be plenty of people that will want to use that during the weekend. Right.
0: Papa, you, uh, you mic up.
2: Well, yeah, I, I saw a lot of uh, creators uh, posting on Instagram over there. I just wonder if you made a whole lot of good uh, creator uh, contacts with other creators.
1: To me, that was my, uh, what I got the most out of the event. Like I said, I didn't actually get a lot of uh, content and stuff being the first time getting the feel for things and stuff like that. But I met more people than I could have even imagined. I met people that I wasn't even expecting to talk to. And one of, if not the best connection that I made was from someone that I blew off in the first place. And then they came back to seek out me because of hearing about the 3D stuff that I'd showed other people.
0: Now, what? um, how long ago was the event?
1: It was... I want to say the last weekend in May, like the 27th, 28th or something like that. It was about okay. two weekends ago. Been about two weeks. Okay. What it's
0: I was going to ask.
1: The the weekend, I think.
0: Yeah. What I was going to ask is with, um, with the industry connections, um, have you, have you had any follow-up as anything went on since you talked with them at IB 88, you don't got to get into details or specifics. Just curious how the follow-up's going.
1: Yes, I did get uh, quite a few people that has reached back and I uh, can say that uh, you will find out that some people might reply back to you faster than you think, but a lot of times you might think that you might be getting blowed off or something like that. And then two weeks later, they'll message you wanting to reach out because you made that initial contact.
0: Um, yeah, we, we've talked about that on this show a lot. Um. And that's a great point. I mean, you have to be persistent. Um, and especially like 2020 was a weird year. Even before that, it was one of the things where you, you had to be persistent. Don't assume that because you're not getting an answer, it's a no. Uh, because many times they're busy. They're fielding dozens, if not hundreds, if not thousands of emails a day. Um, and you can get lost in the, in the fray and the mix. Uh, if you have a phone number, uh, that's obviously a much better way to try to try to make contact uh, if you're lucky enough to get something like that. So, uh, you know, the persistence definitely can pay off. Anybody on the panel, y'all want to jump in?
4: Yeah, just be patient, be consistent. Um, if, if you're going to reach out to a company and you're trying to create a contact with them, the best thing not to do is start asking for, for stuff right off the bat. You know, just kind of start out with, Hey, what kind of stuff you guys got going on this year? If there might be any opportunities to work with you guys, let me know. Um, hope you guys have a good you I know, mean, just don't don't right off the bat say, Hey, can you send me so and so and so and so? It's there it's a relationship. It's it's not send me stuff, you know. So that's that's the best thing I can tell people, uh, from from my point of view at least.
0: Well, once you get my, to my once you get to my level, you just walk into the booth and they automatically bow to you because they know who you are. And then by the time that by the time that they get up, I mean they have the booth babes and the gun bunnies are just bringing you like sacks and stuff to take on. I mean, on. here's the thing: it's I hate
4: the bubble, but they're bowing to you, so you're down to eye level. I'm just saying. Well,
0: didn't say why they were bowing now, I, I, to be fair. To be fair, <laughs> um, and you've got a lot of room to talk, like maybe an inch at most.
4: So, I'm telling you, man, I I am a giant compared to you. I, I'm huge in Japan. Uh, I see Draco out there, he, uh, going a little off topic,
0: not necessarily nerd related. But for those that are curious about the Abbott thing, uh, working on validating some info right now, uh, and uh, hopefully can. Go live tomorrow and talk about that. So, uh, yeah, stand uh, by and stay tuned. Now, uh, Swamp Dog, I'm going to go back to you. I want to add one thing real quick. Ahead. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was going to say my biggest regret goes right along with what Ghost was just talking about, about uh, not wanting, not uh, like asking for stuff right off the bat, but kind of the opposite of it, uh, where I had that in mind already, so I was being more standoffish than uh, I probably should have been because I didn't want to seem over eager and stuff like that. Just because just uh, you're not wanting to seem like you're being greedy or whatever, you still should go talk to them. Even if it's a company that you're not necessarily interested in, find out more about it, and that could lead to at least another video, which is more content. And, the, and some like, like I found out, uh, a lot of times it's the people that you might not necessarily uh, be interested in reaching out to that can lead to connections that might be the best connections you make. Well, some,
0: some vendors are going to be, and I usually, I usually push the, hey, let's do a podcast, let's do an interview type thing. Usually not at the show try to set that up for after the fact because even if you're talking a shot show and NRA, USCCA, uh, even Wanamaker, Tulsa Arms show, usually those are loud venues, loud facilities, the acoustics aren't the best, that sort of thing. And while it's nice to get some interview and some content from those places, I'll usually set things up. And I use that as a primer a lot of times. There's a couple of of things uh, in what you mentioned there. Number one is is a primer, right? So they do have some products that I, I would like to check out. But I'm going to extend an olive branch first and say, "Hey, no comm- yep. no commitment type thing. Let's get you on. Let's do a podcast." And most of the time, that has led to we do the podcast, we go off air, and they're like, "Hey, we need to get you some product." Blah blah blah, and, and then we start that conversation. Right? That's happened way more often than not with the companies and then the podcast. But then you've got the other dynamic is some companies I'm not necessarily interested in the, in their products, but Maybe doing something at their booth, just making, getting awareness on their particular business to help it out. Maybe, you know, maybe set up a podcast or something like that is more, you know, I'm going to help your business, but, you know, I just, I don't, your, your products don't fit into my niche. Right. And there's a lot of stuff, um, good Lord, we'll, maybe we'll get the budget on, on Blade show a little later on, but I mean, there's some Blade-related stuff, obviously hunting, camping, things like that, as a lot of these shows we go to, that I don't mind talking with these companies and putting some things out there, but personally, I'm not interested in.
1: Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense, too. And I wasn't trying to say, like, necessarily uh, like, work with a company that like has, like, a quote-unquote crappy product that you don't want to represent but the point of having the point for the vendors being there and the creators being there is for y'all to talk to each other and be face-to-face
0: right now uh, chris out there uh, i guess we got a, a bit of a lull before we before we move on uh, palate cleanser as g webs would call it and this is certainly a nerd question I'm not going to have really good answers. I do see though, Chris, there has been a lot of good answers out there in the chat. That's a wonderful thing about these talks and the people even out there in the chat. Many of them are creators uh, and just add to the conversation as far as helping each other out and that sort of thing. So Chris says, does YouTube offer editing tools? Um, and are they phone friendly? Um, I would say yes, they do. No, they're not would be my answer on that. Um, there are, quite a few phone apps you could use to edit. Um, get, I, I realize if you're getting started, um, if you get serious about it, I would highly recommend um, investing in a laptop or a, or a PC to be able to do most of your editing stuff. Um, there's just so much more you can do. To me, um, much quicker and much easier than trying to tap small areas and do little things uh, on the mobile side of things uh, might be a little different if I had a larger uh, tablet or something like that, which I don't. Uh, so it aggravates me to no end when I try to do anything on my phone, let alone uh, edit. So I'm not the best uh, to talk about that, but we'll run that one through the uh, panel. Uh, Pop and Chris's question about uh, mobile editing tools and stuff like that for YouTube. Uh, anything you'd like to throw in?
2: No, I don't use a whole lot of mobile editing tools. Um, I use the one on my Samsung for some shorts. But that's uh, about the extent of it. Most everything I do on a laptop.
3: Uh, rogue. I do everything on my laptop. I don't, I don't have the patience for that small screen and my big fat fingers. Ghost.
0: <laughs> Not looking good here. Not looking good.
4: Um, I don't use my phone for editing, so I... I have no idea,
0: uh, Swamp Dog. You want? You got any uh, words of wisdom there? Nobody else does.
1: I'm. Uh, I'm going to get into that here in a little bit when I talk about the 3D stuff on how that's not a good idea.
0: And then uh, we've got uh, budget,
5: budget. Absolutely, mobile. do not do anything on mobile. Okay, well, there you go. Squat on it.
0: Well, there was some good answers out there in the chat, like G23, for example. Uh, I see you out there, G23. I've seen you answering. I acknowledge that. There were some good answers, I think, anyway, in the chat. But, uh, yeah, it's hard. It's just hard for me to do anything on uh, on mobile, unfortunately. So, before we get to Swamp Dog in the 3D uh, video thing, we've got some time here anyway. Um, Budget. I want to bring you in here. Give us a give us a rough rundown of because um, you know you've been to some NRAs, haven't been to a shot show yet. You obviously you've been to, uh, Wanamaker Tulsa Arms Show. Um, give us a rundown of uh, of Blade show and uh, how's that shaping up? Uh, are you expecting anything good out of that? What's happening?
5: Um, I went there, talked to some people. There may there may be some. I I know that. I'm gonna do a couple more things with bastion gear. Uh, other than that, it was pretty much first contacts i people that I hadn't had any discussion with before. um so you know it, it it's kind of at that beginning phase, you know what i you, you know what I mean um, I did go see bastion gear the ones that I did the that make the brazza and persuader knives I did a review Yeah, you on. just
0: you just got back this week or whatever, right?
5: Yeah. I got back uh okay. Sunday.
0: Okay. Okay. So yeah, it'll still yeah, you're still working on the follow-up side of things there for the next yep, couple yep. weeks probably. Yeah.
5: Yep, I'm just I right now I'm working on getting out the booth reviews that I did, the booth interviews. I got a couple left and then uh going to go from there. I uh did buy a knife to review. Uh so and uh, it was from a company called Coal Cracker Bushcraft. And the guy that runs it is a, one of the instructors at the Pathfinder School, uh, which is here in Ohio. He lives in Pennsylvania, but he'll, he comes over to instruct there. Uh, he was also a contestant on Alone the season when they were in Patagonia. So and I've met him before when I went to the Pathfinder School. So, you know, it's not like that was a brand new contact. He said he vaguely remembered me. I think he was just being nice. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm going to review that and get in touch with him and go from there. Maybe I'll try when I start having the uh, Woodsman Wednesday live stream slash podcast going on, because I'm, I'm planning to launch that at some point. Um, I'll try to get him to come on it. Talk about bushcraft caving survival stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I've got some potential contacts moving forward with it. Well, I noticed
0: you did, I noticed it, that some of your booth review stuff I've seen, i uh, seen Big Daddy Unlimited, which does a wide variety of things. I've seen, yep. I don't remember the company, but it was mainly like fire starters and X-O-Tap. stuff. So, so what was, what was the ratio to blade versus other things? What types of other things were there other than just blades?
5: Uh, there was blade adjacent stuff, I guess. Uh, knife adjacent. There were, there was like, again, Big Daddy Unlimited was there. Exotech was there. They do fire starters and survival stuff. Uh, but uh, the vast majority of it was knives and knife makers. But there was also the supplier side of that. Uh, one of the people, Alabama Damascus, who was at Wanamaker, and I bought a knife blank from them there. They were at bl- Pardon me, we're at Blade Show. There were other steel suppliers there. There were materials suppliers like horn and wood and whatnot for handle scales. Matter of fact, I bought a uh, horn mug from one of the uh, the horn suppliers. Um, Tandy leather was there as well as Ohio's weaver leather. I uh, might try to go do some stuff with them once they get their new showroom open. Go because they're only about an hour away from me. Uh, go over there and try and do a... a showroom tour and a shop tour and whatnot from, uh, with them. Um, lots of leather from them too. Uh, there were grind, you know, belt sander, belt grinder, makers, sharp knife, sharpener makers there freaking, uh, there was even some furnaces and kilns for heat treating and stuff. Uh, pretty much anything that's related to knives, you can find it there. As far as size goes, it's maybe about a quarter, quarter to a third the size of the main room at Wanamaker.
0: Uh, for, How about the top floor?
5: Yeah, for a, fr- for a frame of reference. Wow. I mean, it's not super huge, but it, it is pretty big. Uh, it's uh, That was just one ballroom. Then there was a secondary ballroom that was a little bit smaller. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the place, uh, Wield tells me that they're Wield and Well-Armed. He was there. uh it tells me that uh, there was – there's still five or six more big-ass rooms that they could – expand to, but you know, it's been going for 40 years. Right. I'm speaking of, it's been going for 40 years. I given that fact, I'm not impressed with their entry procedures. Uh, they suck. They're unnecessarily complicated and just full of crap.
6: What do you
0: mean by entry procedures?
5: Well, you can buy an early bird ticket. Mm -hmm. You know, on top of your regular ticket.
0: Okay, so yeah. as media, did you have to buy anything?
5: Well, as media, I had to buy my cameraman's entry because they wouldn't give, it, give me a media pass for him because he's not an official employee of mine. Oh, I don't gotcha. pay him, so they right. wouldn't give him a media pass. So right. I had to buy that for him. Right. Uh, and they had... <laughs> They allowed the early bird people to go in at eight. Uh, great. Or was it nine? It might've been nine and they let them go in. We were there at seven thirty, waiting in line. Uh, at 11, we could go in, even though we'd already bought our tickets and whatnot, we could then go in and get our wristbands at 11. So two hours after the early bird people went in. Wow. Um, then we had to wait till noon to
0: go in. Now you're saying we could you have went in without
6: I him? I
5: could have went in at
0: 1015 without him, but I wasn't going to do that. Well, it was still an hour after they opened and your media.
5: Yeah. so well, At first they didn't even know their procedures, their own procedures for giving them for oh, issuing oh. a media pass. All right. Cause I, I, again, I was there at seven 30 at eight o'clock. I went up to the door. Hey, my email here says I'm, I can go get my, Media pass at eight. Where can I go? Uh, let me get back to you on that. Half an hour later. Excuse me. Did you ever figure that out? Yeah. You're going to have to go over there and wait with the general mission people and go in and get your media pass at 11. I'm like, uh, no, my email says I can get my media pass at eight and I can go in at 10 15. Where do I go? Well, no, you have to go over here and, and eventually, I raised enough, enough fuss that someone from show management came and straightened it out. And I went and got my media pass and whatnot. But it was just, come on, man. Act like you guys have done this before. You've been doing this shit for 40 years. You know, wow. NRA works smoothly, USCCA works smoothly. Hell, Wanamaker was a smooth bit of joy in comparison. And,
0: and, <laughs> and it wasn't a cakewalk. It never and it is. wasn't. Yeah.
5: So. Yeah. Yeah, this is if I, I was less than impressed by their entry procedures. Now I know why they did it, because they want some more money. They wanted to charge people to get in early because the first, you know, X amount of people to show up at booth Y got, you know, a grab bag of goodies and swag and this and that and the other. So the, the they want the people to be able to pay to give them more money so they can go in early and get that crap. But come on, man, it was it was just asinine well the way they
0: did it in the ultimate scheme of things and then i'll open this up to you guys on the panel if you've got or out there in the uh, live chat or replay if you've got a question for budget but um yeah it's you know you say well they they just want money but here's the thing with with media um by allowing media to get go in anytime the doors are open Pretty much, which any other any other show, that's the way it goes. It's basically if the doors are open for vendors or exhibitors, the doors are open for media. Yeah, I don't know why they wanted media. Why is that? Why is that a plus? Well, those exhibitors are paying for those tables or for that booth space. If, as a show, as a promoter, whatever you want to call it, you're able to provide extra exposure by way of media personnel to get the word out. Oh, that's extra value that those folks are getting as exhibitors, people in those booths above and beyond the show itself. Right. So in their mind, and we've heard this from Wanamaker before, right? That they absolutely love the media aspect for years. We've been doing there. There are vendors that have told, uh, Carrie and and they got to submit their paperwork for the next time. Uh, before they leave each at each show. Um, And they've actually made notes and stuff on there. I've seen them um, that, Hey, we appreciate the media people that, you know, we're doing things, blah, blah, blah. So we, we do get talked about, we do help. And that keeps them coming back to said show. Right. Which is ultimately right. They need exhibitors who pay for those spaces to then bring in the average people, who pay for the entry, right? And as media, we help facilitate a lot of that. One media person could bring in literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars just to, on the next show, uh, yep. albeit, but hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars easily uh, and not even have to do much to accomplish that. Uh, anybody else on the panel? You want to jump in with the budget and uh, blade show? Got any questions? comments concerns
5: yeah i just i just don't know what their reasoning was to not let media in as soon as the doors open at eight with the early birds i just i don't i don't get that not that i would have went in because i've you know it's a show of solidarity for my brother but still it's just the point
3: just playing devil's advocate could it have been just a rookie crew running the debt the front
5: you know the front office there they've been doing it for 40 years
0: It's not at Wanamaker. It's the same chick every single year that doesn't know me, doesn't understand gun channels, media passes. What are you talking about? And every single year she has to act like she doesn't know what's going on and get up and mill around and go get our passes. And if I was just a random person walking up every year, I would say, okay, she deals with literally thousands of people a year. I understand. But, you literally deal with us every year, getting 10, 12, 15, 30, whatever it is, media passes that you have to go laminate and get in an envelope and do all of this stuff, right? So it's like, there's no way you don't vaguely remember, at least when I mention it, right? You might not remember it just at random, but when I walk up, and you know, I might not necessarily remember me or my face or what I looked like, but you should remember that, hey, I had to go get media passes for a group last time or the time before I've done it every fricking time for the last six years or five years or whatever it's been. Right. So now uh, I know with Wanamaker, that's not an excuse.
5: It could have been new people at the door and they didn't know who to ask and whatnot. And eventually it did get ironed out, but it's just, I think that the professionals there who've done it, who are used to setting up the show, been doing it for 40 years, you would think they would have better briefed their staff. And, and as a matter of fact, I'm absolutely certain it's not the only convention, trade show, whatever that happens at the Cobb Galleria. I'm pretty sure that uh, the the company that runs, that promotes Blade Show and puts it on does other things. You would think they'd know that they have to brief their staff on procedures for even their new temporary staff or, or, you know, the people just for that event or whatnot, that they need to brief them on procedures for dealing with media passes. And that still doesn't explain their funky tiered entry system. And then you got to get your wristband and then wait an hour to get in. And it just, it's just garbage to me. That's all.
0: Now, you know, to what Rogue brought up, uh, just a second ago, um, the, I don't remember which year it was, but one year at NRA, I think it was when it, when it was in Dallas, I believe. Um, I had an issue because there was a door security, right? They have people at all the entry doors. And so the door closest to the media room, which makes absolutely no sense, that goes into the main hall, she wouldn't let me in. And I'm like, but I've been going. She's like, no, you have to go through. y'all. You can, y'all can only go through the main door. And I'm like, she would not let me in. And so I went back into the meeting room, told them, and I don't know, they had to come to Jesus and I didn't have a problem the rest of the show. But, uh, that, uh, that particular one, um, I did have a little bit, that was an example of an employee that didn't either didn't get told or didn't remember or wasn't paying attention or whatever the case may be. Uh, and sometimes at big shows, sometimes it does happen, um, But, yeah, yours sound more like it's a procedural thing than it is single employees or something like that. So, um, anybody got follow-ups for Blade Show for budget? Anybody out there in the chat got a question? If not, we're fixing to bring Swamp Dog back up. Go ahead, budget.
5: In the meantime, I I will end with this as far as Blade Show goes. It was a cool event. If you're into knives, absolutely. We're going to don't think that my 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 complaints that I have are are, are something that should put you off from it and keep you from going. That's that's not what I'm saying. Just be aware. It does have some idiosyncrasies as far as getting into the place. I mean, get there early so you can get in line, to get your tickets, unless you know you should shell out the extra for the the uh, early birds, in which case still get there early. Uh, get there early so you can get a good parking place, and uh, you know maybe bring a little backpacking camp chair or something so you can sit in when you're waiting in line, because you're gonna be waiting in line for a while to get in. Uh, just just saying. All
4: right. Was there a media room?
6: <laughs>
4: no.
0: <laughs> didn't sound like it. <laughs> it didn't sound like it nra is not much of a media room USCCA, if there was a media
5: room they didn't tell me
0: <laughs> yeah they they more than likely they would have told you now uscca just curious i've never been to uscca is there a media room for uscca or nope. did you know no nope, okay. no media room
5: i i think it okay. in some of these events the media is an afterthought
4: well remember uscca also the venue changes every year so it's not in one spot, so I'd imagine that some venues will maybe have it set aside a room. Um, but yeah, I can I can see where um, not having a meaty room and and like you said, budget was saying also seemingly not caring that the media is there or at least not appreciating what the media can bring to an event is a way to not get media to come back. <laughs> Just saying, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And that may be, you know, I don't hear a lot of stuff coming out of blade show year in and year out. And that may very well be one. I'm
5: I'm debating whether or not it's worth driving 12 hours for again. Yeah.
0: Yeah. At least not without a conversation with the main person that puts it on or, you know, something along that lines to get some stuff. It's good to get some stuff lined out for sure. Um, so, firearm fanatic out there, little pallet cleanser, and then we'll move into the three D stuff with uh, Swamp Dog here. It says, I have a question for every, is everyone excited for the new firearm fanatic platform? He goes on to say, since CloverTech is our biggest, oldest, most frequent, recurring user. <laughs> so, yeah, if you're not familiar with firearm fanatic, the uh, website, social media platform, I guess you could call it. Um, Go check that out. They're in the middle of some uh, some upgrades. Um, Never heard of it. So you need to get over there uh, definitely. So it's spelled just like uh, his name out there with a dot com on the end. So um, do, do they have 3D video options? I don't think so. But he heard that and can certainly answer that. But probably not. Um, but yeah, go check that out. Uh, if you have an opportunity, start posting to that. Sharing things out, making uh, people aware. But, uh, yeah, I've had a link to my firearm Fanatic stuff on the website now for, Lord, I don't even know, at least a couple of years, if not probably uh, probably three or so. So, swap Dog, coming back to you, bro. Uh, we are all, I think, 3D idiots around here. So, um, and Fire and Fanatic says you can't sign up right now it's all being upgraded so that's cool everybody can uh, go back so and uh keep tabs on it but um yeah if you're out there in the chat live again or in replay uh drop a comment let us know that yeah i'm familiar with uh you know 3d video as it pertains to you know like content creator not like going to the movie theater uh 3d video uh, run this through the panel uh Papa, are you familiar with 3D video at all?
2: Uh, very little. I, you know, my kid plays around a okay. little bit with a VR. But, uh,
0: oh, okay. Gotcha. Uh, Rogue, what about you?
3: Only from my
5: conversations
3: with Smop Dog <laughs> over the past year.
0: Right, I hear you. Budget?
5: Uh, negatory Ghost Rider, that pattern's full. Gotcha.
0: Ghost, what about you?
4: Uh, yeah, a little bit. There's software in the sporting world that's 3d and it's you know but i don't have you know a lot of experience but I've, I've looked at it a few times
0: uh cool uh yeah i don't have a lot i mean other than uh you know again what was already mentioned was like some vr type stuff or the you know red and blue glasses watching jaws 3d or some crap like that uh but uh your floor again swamp dog so give us a to z on uh 3d video
1: yeah, all right. uh, first I guess I probably should start off by explaining the different kinds of 3D video. The Probably the one that everybody is the most familiar with is the one like you mentioned, the old school 3D with the red and blue glasses like Jaws and stuff like that and the old comic strips. That's what's called anaglyph 3D. And the point for all of the 3D content is to have a way for one eye To see a slightly different image than your other eye and then your brain combines them together and that's how you get the depth. The second uh, most common 3D is what the 3D movies that you go to the movie theaters and see now uh, and the 3D TVs that were popular about four or five years ago that use what's called shutter glasses. And that's uh, what's called stereoscopic 3D. And that's actually shot with two cameras that are side by side, just like you have stereo audio for your headsets, a left and a right, where the camera, the and for the best, uh, more uh, pleasant 3D thing, the closer that you can space the actual center of them cameras to what the spacing of the, typical human eyes are, then it's going to give you a more realistic depth and not give you some of the wooziness or headache feelings that you can get from some of the 3D things. And then there's another level of 3D, which is what I'm focusing on the most now, which I actually showed off at the IV88 range day and that's uh, at more of what they're calling a 4d video or photo where it takes that same concept of a stereo image or video and doubles it so you have four. it's actually a four view four pictures or videos then it gives you an extra layer of depth and when you use one of the four view or quad view displays it's a type of glasses free display where you don't need any glasses at all But when you hold it in your hand, it gives it almost a holographic effect to where uh, when it's actually filmed right and processed the right way, you can literally sit there and stare at it. And the longer you stare at it, the further it's going to appear to come off of the screen to where you can you'll, you'll try to touch it and you'll be look and feel like you're touching the image or video before you even touch the physical screen.
0: Wow, any questions so far. Anybody on the panel in the chat? No? Continue, Swamp Dog. <laughs>
1: uh, and uh, well, now that I've kind of explained the difference of the different types of 3D, the, uh, to be able to view 3D content, uh, you have a couple of ways too. Like I said that probably the oldest way is them red and green glasses or red and blue glasses. But the most common thing that's getting more popular nowadays, is, as a couple of people have mentioned, is the VR headsets, and uh, that's what the videos that I'm posting to YouTube and different platforms like that are going to be set up to with that type of 3D content in mind. And the quad view holographic 3D stuff is a there's pretty much one company that is like corner in the market on that if y'all have heard of the red hydrogen one phone from a few years back i think came out in 2012 or something like that this company uh and the company is called leia l-e-i-a but they're the ones that is making the actual holographic displays for the screens and stuff and they, they have their own version of a picture uh, platform, Instagram, and their own version of a video streaming platform, uh, streaming and uh, like posting videos, kind of like a 3D version of YouTube. And all the holographic content is going to be just on those platforms for now until I can find somewhere else to be able to post it for people to be able to download it themselves to view
0: now since we're on uh, you know since you're talking about posting that type of content talking about it being on platforms or whatever compared to a normal video uh like let's say a normal 1080p right um What's, what's the difference in file size? What are we, we talking about with uh, the file size on 3D? Is it huge, like 4K, or even beyond that?
1: Well, I can't speak for experience on how big file sizes can be in the really high-definition side of the video, but, for example, the 30-second intro clip that I have on my YouTube channel converted into 3D is almost half a gigabyte. Okay you said what 30 second yes sir 30 seconds you're looking at about 450 megabytes okay so about a gig a minute um that's pretty
0: significant
6: (laughs) and that yeah yeah,
1: that that's what i was going to get back follow back to that question where that was asked in the chat about editing with anything on a mobile when i learned the hard way after i fried my wife's laptop trying to edit simple things that uh you don't want to just go the simple route it- but like I said with the three d stuff you're talking you're basically doubling everything you're doing
0: right right so it's that from a hardware standpoint, we got to get into uh, I guess what's required to to make all of this happen uh, while you're talking about that though hit on the p c side of things and what are some of the specifications or whatever that's recommended.
1: Well, uh, what I have currently, after trial and error over the last year and a half, is I ended up having to go out and buy a full-on gaming laptop. So I have a straight-up, top-of-the-line, as of last year, MSI Stealth gaming laptop with the NVIDIA RTX graphics and 30 or 60 some gigs of RAM, and it's still runs a little bit slow on some of the longer things where i'm actually having to do a lot of the physics and stuff during the compiling instead of just stitching videos together so it's very heavy on graphics and ram especially okay and now as far as the hardware side
0: of uh actually taking the, you know, the video, filming the video, or taking the pictures? Is there anything special as far as that's concerned?
1: Well, there's actually a couple of ways of going about it. Uh, one of the things that I'm able to do and uh, I'm better at now because of actually having the 3D cameras is the simplest thing is there's a couple different uh, software to where you can just convert a regular 2D video into the 3D. And that's going to be your simplest way to start out. But now as far as actually filming something natively in the stereoscopic 3D, the only way you can do it is having two cameras. Now there's a bunch of things online on how to set up your own stereo rig using two GoPros and stuff like that. But the quickest and easiest way to get started trying to do 3D stuff is buy a used Red Hydrogen One phone. You can get them for $150 to $200 bucks on eBay. It has stereo cameras built in front and back, and you have the holographic display on the screen to be able to view stuff without needing a headset. But if, as far as the equipment and stuff that I have, I have that as well as the new Lumipad, pad, which is a 10-inch tablet with that same holographic 3d screen on it and stereo cameras front and back and there's only as far as i know of and i said i've spent the last two years researching all this and had to wait a year and a half to find the camera that i got because it's discontinued you're only going to be able to find one maybe two off-the-shelf stereo cameras that you can buy online and the one that i have i said you is discontinued so you got to find one that's used or something like that is a insta 360 evo camera and it shoots up to 5.7k in this native stereo uh video at up to i think 60 fps wow wow
0: that just got real nerdy real quick um any questions on the panel? Anybody? Cost. Rogue? What? What's oh. all this stuff cost?
1: Uh, a, a pretty good penny. The laptop that I got, I got uh, a deal on for a clearance price, and it was about fifteen to sixteen hundred. The used hydrogen phone, like I said, that runs about one hundred and fifty to two hundred. Even finding the the three D insta360 camera finally in stock somewheres it was almost six hundred dollars for that camera the 3d tablet that just came out last year during all the covid stuff runs a thousand but i have a hundred dollar off code and it's i'm fixing to be uploading a review video on it for the first i think 30 people after i do that review will get two hundred dollars off so it still puts it at 800 for that holographic tablet. But at the same time, how many people have an iPad or a Samsung tablet that they use for other stuff on a regular basis? And how much does one of those run?
0: No, that's a, that's a valid point. Um, yeah, it's definitely an investment. But I mean, things...
1: And another thing too, also with that uh, tablet... Uh, going back to where people was asking about the mobile editing and stuff, this company, Leia, that's behind uh, all of this 4View stuff, they have a lot of editing and uh, plugins and all that stuff that you can get straight through them. Like If you're already using uh, Adobe stuff for editing uh, on your regular YouTube channel, there's a plugin to... Take their video stuff straight into it, and then uh, without needing a bunch of after a uh, uh, third party stuff.
0: That's gee, out there, you know, when we're talking about, you know, the equipment on this, I mean, we're to talk about the technology, the whatever you want to call it, the the uh, laws of what is it? Laws of diffusion of innovation, something along that lines, uh, and that particular bell curve. You know, we're talking about the early stages of this, obviously. And so stuff is going to be high. Uh, G-Web's out there and it won't get cheaper unless more people are doing it. Uh, but G-Web says uh, for you, Swamp Dog, you said, how likely is 3D to, quote, catch on uh, and gain a larger, larger audience?
1: I can say the likelihood is 80 to 90 percent from my personal experience of putting hands on with this tablet, literally 100% unanimous people that had their hands on this and seen this was amazed and wowed and, oh my gosh, I want to see more. The only downside, uh, halfway negative comments I've gotten out of probably 50 people that I've showed it to in person, I've gotten two, and they've been along the same lines of, Oh, that's a little too trippy for me. I can't think of watching that when I'd be drunk or something like that. All
6: right.
1: Yeah. Um, that's the that's... only thing to it is getting it in front of people, because especially the holographic stuff, you, there's no way you can really explain it. You can explain it till your eyes blue, but you have to actually hold it. in per- Do y'all remember any of them like uh, holographic postcards? Where you would it have like the wavy plastic on it, and you could like move it around, and it would either like have an animation or like kind of do a little bit of three D. Okay, that's exactly what this is, but an actual video Mm -hmm. with that effect.
0: Okay, or photos too, right? You said you yeah photos too. Yeah, you can do
1: photos too. the, and the yeah. photos is what really uh blew people away because I just I just like I said, walking around the booths and stuff, I just snapped some pictures with it and then come back around the next time and at the same booth here's a picture I took of your stuff, and they're like what well, where did that come from what what'd you do and it starts a whole conversation just and and that's something that uh is something they're not going to forget that. They might not know my name, they might not know my face, nothing, but you bring up that hologram thing. Oh, yeah, ma'am, what was that about? <laughs>
0: right. Uh, ghost up in there.
4: So just from the average person who's watching YouTube or whatever, do you have to have a special, like you said, a special type of laptop or monitor to actually see the 3D video or pictures?
1: There's two very cheap ways that's uh, the most budget-friendly ways to be able to view the VR 3D uh, videos. Number one, Google Cardboard. Whether you buy their kit itself or just pull up the plans, and it's basically just a cheap little VR headset that you make out of cardboard that you put your phone inside of. And that will give you the same effect of the... VR headset, including being able to look around for you to be able to experience it to see if it's something that you're going to want to look at finding a used VR headset or even a new one without shelling out all that money on it to find out if you don't like it or not. And the second option goes along with that same thing is just one of the cheap little plastic headsets you can get at the dollar store or Amazon that you throw the phone in.
4: Okay, so that's that's my concern on the question of, and I'm ignorant of this, but that's just my concern as an end user. When Clover's asking, will this catch on? You know, so what you're saying is, is someone's going to have to go make or buy something to watch this. They just they can't just watch it with what they already have. And that, to me, that until technology gets better. That that to me, I, I love the content. I think it's awesome. But I just I, I have a I have a issue with thinking that people who are just watching YouTube on their phones are gonna wanna go and buy other stuff just to watch 3D videos. So that's what I worry about. I, I would go invest in the stuff right now if I thought, man, this is gonna be something in a couple of years that you can watch on your normal phone. That'd be awesome.
1: Well, and that's one thing that the the comp- companies are working towards. That if you look at how many companies just in the last three months have announced a new VR headset, like that well, they're acknowledging that the technology is here. But um, at the same time, uh, I, I I was worried about the same thing that you just brought up about people only being able to watch it if they have this tech or that tech and whatever. But one of the cool things with the 3D videos that I've learned from doing all this research on how to post them and all that stuff, especially through YouTube, the video is still the same. Anybody can go and watch it on their phone or their laptop. They just won't uh, get the 3D effect if they don't have a way to view the 3D effect. Uh, okay, so it's okay. not like yeah.
0: the one... Like the the red and blue three D you were talking about earlier, to me that's blurry without the glasses. And so, I don't know if anybody else—if that's just me, or if anybody else has always always thought that. Yeah, yeah uh, no, that the video that I have.
1: Blurry. Sorry. So that's always been blurry for me too. Yeah. Now, I can't speak for the video that I have that's going live tomorrow because I'm pretty sure it has that red, blue, blurry thing built in. But that's only because I ain't figured out yet how to set up the 2D version. But that that, that is something that's available to last day where when you just go to open the video normally, it'll open in the 2D. And then you have that button on the bottom to click that looks like the VR headset. And when you do that, then you'll get the 3D effect or the look around like the headset type thing. Yeah. Now, Because that's another. Go ahead.
0: Well, you, you know, you talk about what Ghost was talking about there with you talking about the hardware, whatever side of things, right? The viewer. So everybody has a smartwatch nowadays. And I hate a smartwatch. Uh, I'm not going to say I'll never have one, but I am like, that's the dumbest thing that I, I think anybody could own. Right. Um, And I'm seeing smart glasses, smart glasses have been around and smart glasses with the earbuds built into them. So when you talk about this, it's interesting because I'm going to ask you this, how far of a stretch is it from quote unquote smart glasses to being able to watch the 3d content you're talking about through said smart glasses.
1: The technology is already there for the smart glasses that's available Mm -hmm. because the way the smart glasses work is that is the same thing. Uh, Okay. It's the same technology, uh, VR, virtual reality, what most people do to view their videos and stuff in the headset, that's projecting the stuff on like a simulated background. The smart glasses that you're talking about uses AR or augmented reality where it does the same thing of overlaying something whether it's just text or a map or even a video over a clear background for you to see through. And the a lot of the VR headsets have that same capability because they have cameras on the front of the headset and those are actual stereo cameras too. So even when you're looking in the headset if you say open something that has that smart capabilities to where you can see like be sitting in a park or something like that but yet you still see that 3d video you're watching but you can see people right. around you too and right. that, that technology's technology is coming to ones that's just in like the size of like the google glasses and stuff where it just like looks like a pair of sunglasses instead of looking like a tron helmet or something on the front of your face right yeah power fanatics is uh
0: you can do it through the phone, he's talking about Pokemon Go, which yeah, I mean i get I get it, yeah uh what's interesting, you know, I haven't really played around with any of the the high tech glasses, however, ghost will remember this for sure. Remember those glasses we seen at Wanamaker that would automatically tint various colors and stuff
4: yeah, I remember those those are pretty cool those
0: are um, pretty that's a similar, similar type thing, I think the yeah. tech that
4: was in those hey, can I follow up on something that's going on in the chat?
6: I yeah, think I mean, that
4: some people might be confused that they're talking about the views you get for houses. This is 3D, and it's different than a 360-degree camera. We're not talking the same thing. Most houses that you see that you can see online, those aren't necessarily 3D. Those are more 360, and this is a different concept, I believe.
1: Yeah, I was going to say I can touch on that real quick.
4: Uh, the,
0: let let, let before we before we jump into that though, Papa had a question. So let's let him shoot with your question first. Oh Papa. yeah,
2: the, uh, you know, I'm listening to this and I'm thinking the glasses are probably the way to go in the future because uh, I'm thinking they've been doing 3D since the 20s and 30s with the Viewmasters, and and those were in 3D. So I can see where the the glasses might be the you know if everybody starts getting these smart glasses and stuff that that 3D uh, could really come alive on something like that and, and what you're kind of seeing with that.
1: It's funny that you mentioned the view master, because that's the perfect example of what a stereoscopic picture is.
0: Uh, go ahead, uh, Swamp Dog, uh, with the 360 versus the, the 3D. You were going to explain Be- that.
1: Yeah, uh, on the on a VR headset, you have two types of videos that you can watch. And even on the phone, when you open them, uh, VR videos that where you can move the phone around and look around and stuff like that, like them virtual house tours that they're talking about in the chat, you have the 360 VR, which is, as Ghost mentioned, a lot of your tour videos, whether it's a house tour or a museum tour or something like that. That's a 360 where you can like literally look in 360 degrees around you. My camera, my 3D camera can do 360 uh, videos as well. But the second type of VR, which is the 3D side of it, is what's called uh, VR 180. Where you have half of that distance or uh, half of that looking around, you can still look a pretty good ways to your left and to your right, but you can't look behind you. But that that uh, data or whatever you want to call it that would be providing that picture that would be behind you is what you're getting with the extra depth of the picture that's in front of you.
0: So you're getting, view a, view a sphere, right, with you in the center. You're in the center of a bubble, right? yes so 360 you're in the center of literally a bubble with vr 180 you're you're on the flat edge of a half sphere and there's two spheres in front of you basically is what you're saying
1: pretty much yeah and you can you like you said you can look up so much and you can look down so much but on the 360 it's everywhere you can look all the way up until you're backwards or all the way around or all the way down and then on that 360 you're just getting half of that but you're getting a 3d half of that right
0: because that's adding to the the extra it's taking away from the back it's adding it to depth on the front
1: correct in the in the easy way of saying it yeah okay I understand
0: a little more than I did when we started all of this. So that's good.
1: And pretty much all of your headsets from the cheapest one to the biggest one is going to have both of them modes available or be able to view both of them types of uh, content. VR 180, which is 3D and VR 360, which is all around, but in 2D. Awesome. Um open this up to the
0: panel. Any more questions for Swamp Dog?
3: I just got a comment because, you know, when I was a kid, uh, got the whole four eyes thing and all that stuff and glasses were just freaking butt ugly back then. I, You know, I just look at this way. I've been wearing glasses for well, almost 50 years and well, I guess I was just ahead of my time now. Kids don't get teased for wearing glasses anymore. Yeah, glasses are
2: one of the reasons I never go see 3D movies because the glasses I have to put on
1: don't fit on my glasses. Yeah, right. Uh, Then uh, you you would really like the glasses-free stuff, Ben.
0: So Chris Lag breaks up something that's interesting here. Says 3D glasses connected to a gun sight would be cool. Now, um, I've done this before. You could do this through uh, my my thermal scope lots of different thermal scopes lots of different digital night vision and things like that Uh, you actually have the capability to and even there are either some there are even some conventional scopes that have adapters and things where you can view the picture through that scope on your phone theoretically you could you could use that to aim around corners and all kinds of crazy craziness Um, as far as being that's how the corner shot works right 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 um so that's an interesting that's an interesting concept to make that leap from we're talking we're talking about the we've talked about the glasses right which are would be fairly small unobtrusive or however you however you word that um I think it's to possible. be able to have to be able to have night vision or thermal built into those. Right. How awesome would that be? Instead of having huge goggles sticking out, you literally put on a pair of glasses and have that same effect.
4: I, I think it might be possible because I, I've got a thing called phone scope that I, I just got about a month ago. Mm-hmm. And it's a, an attachment that hooks up to any scope and it videos and sends it. Like your phone, if videos on your phone, if you had one of these phones that shoot in 3D and you use like the phone scope, technically, I think you could probably do it. Yeah. I
0: don't know.
1: You put that out there. Wasn't interesting. I can answer that for you if you'd like. Yeah, go ahead. Because first, I'd like to say keep an eye out on the channel. Because there's a video exactly about this that I'm working on right now. Uh, And going to using the 3D phone with the phone scope thing. Yes, you can do that. But you're not going to get the 3D. Because you have to keep in mind with the 3D, you have two lenses. So you would need to have some kind of splitter or periscope or something to split them lenses, to go to two lenses, to get a 3d, you can do it. It'll just center, center it on one of the sensors. Mm. But that's a video that I have coming up is using the stereo 3d camera to give the perspective of shooting a gun with both eyes open. Oh, wow.
0: That can be beneficial. Um, Especially for those that have never, you know,
1: and another thing that is possible going along with what y'all was talking about, too, is uh, I can overlay videos on top of videos so I can overlay another video inside of a 3D video that's in the headset or I can overlay a 3D video inside of a 360 video that is inside of a headset. So you can have your uh, 360 video uh, showing, say, shooting a target and testing such and such gun where you can turn around and look behind you and literally get the perspective of someone shooting, like looking at the front of a gun as it's shooting, and then pan around and see the target get shot. And then depending on which perspective you're looking at, can have a close-up of your target camera superimposed in that same thing, kind of like a HUD set up on a video game. Wow. Wow. Could definitely make it complicated
0: then, if you if you want to. It's what it sounds like.
1: Yeah, I was going to say there's there's almost no limit to how complicated you can make it. It's almost like Inception level when you start putting videos inside of videos inside of videos. Right. Yeah, no joke.
0: Uh, take it to the panel. Um, anybody got uh, follow up? No.
4: I'm not smart enough for this.
0: <laughs> it's my brain's hurting for sure.
4: Yeah, it's a, it's
0: a I'm
1: sorry
6: if I'm putting you all to sleep.
0: <laughs> no, you're not putting me to sleep. It's like golly, I'm sitting here trying to visualize without being able to see it. You know what I mean? It's like, and then all the work that it sounds like is involved with it too. But, but uh, uh, yeah, uh,
1: I am fixing to try to get with you, Clover, and uh, when times allow, and get with you in person, and I can show you some of this stuff. You're only about an hour from my dad's house. Yeah
0: cool well uh with that i think we'll run this one through the panel and uh we can tie it up lock up the studio get the heck out of here you uh you ain't got to go home but you can't stay here uh with that swamp dog I'll, I'll let you kick it off here uh final thoughts on just anything we've covered tonight and then um plugs or shout outs or anything you need to uh to put out there give it to us
1: i just want to say anybody interested in the 3d content and other creators that might be interested in 3d content uh reach out to me my email is swampdogarmory at gmail my instagram is the same thing swampdogarmory my youtube swampdogarmory my facebook swampdogarmory and i want to give a shout out to black swan media group you can go to blackswantactical.com we got a lot of Uh, Shirts and mugs and stuff on there and every purchase on there goes to charity
0: Thanks for uh, thanks for jumping in thanks for giving us the edumacation tonight. Swap dog. Appreciate it, bro
6: Uh, uh,
1: You're up bro,
2: very very interesting technology, um, you know futuristic Um, kind of Inquisitive about it. We'll see how far I go with it, but uh Right. A very interesting conversation. Um, you know, it's amazing what the, what the future lies be, uh, before us. So, um, as for as for plugs, um, I got a short coming out tomorrow, and another one coming out, or another video coming out on Saturday morning. So uh, excited about that, and uh, just keep plugging away. And you know, as we always say, get in front of the camera. And if you're not making any mistakes, you're not doing anything new. There
0: you go. Uh, budget.
5: As always, thanks for the invite. Love this show. Uh, Learned a lot about something I had no idea about today. So, awesome. Um, Currently, you can find me on YouTube and everywhere else at Budget Guns and Gear Reviews. That will be changing. I finally decided that I am going to rebrand. The need to do so was one of the things that came out of me going to Blade Show. It was uh, driven home and reinforced that I I have to get rid of the whole budget thing. So, in the very near future, those who may have been paying attention can look right down here and see what the new channel name is going to be MK Outdoor Journal. Uh, not real soon, but soon. As soon as I can get all the graphics done and everything else, all the name changes and shit and stuff all set up and, and ready to go, then I'll launch it. I'm going to be trying to do it by the first. Um, but we'll see in the meantime, what ain't changing and what isn't changing anyway is on Friday nights at 7 PM Eastern. I will still be hosting the right of the people and I will continue to do so. Uh, none of the content's going to change on the channel, just, you know, new name, new look. Uh, so be sure to go on over to budget guides and gear reviews and check that out tomorrow at 7 PM Eastern, the right of the people where we use the first to defend the second, talk about second amendment related politics, news, and current events. See you guys then,
0: Rogue. You're up.
5: Oh, well, first of all, thanks for
3: having me on. It's always a it's always a highlight of my week on Thursday nights to get on this and just kind of talk nerdy. But um, you know, just remember this stuff's expensive now. But who thought that you could do an entire YouTube channel off your cell phone and replace big, you know, cameras and stuff like that? So. With anything, technology just gets better and cheaper with with age. So this might not be the thing for right now, but it probably is the thing for tomorrow. Um, so definitely, uh, I, I think this is definitely something we should kind of keep our eye out. Just even if we're not going to do it as a content creator now, it might be something we do later. So I mean, you know, Swamp Dog's kind of on the bleeding edge of this new technology. So, uh, you know, um, the amount of money he put out on this thing is, it's not cheap. And I would imagine his education is pretty steep. So uh, thanks for coming on, Swamp Dog. That was, that was great to hear about this stuff. Uh, as for me, uh, you can reach me on, uh, on YouTube, you know, the Rogue Banshee, Instagram, uh, Twitter, or, um, or on my webpage at www.trb.fyi. I have a video coming out tomorrow of a SIG M17, but it's not the M17 you think it is. So definitely go check it out tomorrow and see what I'm doing. And uh, it'll, uh, it'll teach you how to do some live fire training without shooting ammo. So uh, check that out, and uh, thanks for having me on again.
0: You bet. Thanks for jumping in. Ghost, wake up. It's your turn
4: uh first hashtag will always be budget just saying yep um two this is way over my head the highest technology thing that i have to worry about in my life is trying to find a crayon box that has a built-in sharpener um so that's where i am on this one and three most importantly um in case you haven't heard the atf comment period for the stabilizing brace was open today if you're looking for a link to it, go to my channel, click on the community tab, and I put the direct link for the comment period. It has started, so you've got 90 days to uh, make sure you go get your comments on the stable. <clears throat> excuse me, on the stabilizing braces issue. So, uh, thanks a lot for having me, man.
0: You bet. As far as the, uh, as far as the channel here, yeah, there'll be a YouTube shorts that drops tomorrow, normal video drop uh, on Sunday. Um, As I've alluded to kind of at the first of this, uh, I've got to verify some info hopefully uh, with Governor Abbott's office here in Texas. Hopefully I can get that verified tomorrow if so. I'll try to jump on and do a quick podcast update uh, on what's happening with all of that. I, I don't want to put out information that's not verified, not that I, I think it's probably accurate information, but probably is accurate is, for me, not good enough. Uh, and if uh, having journalistic standards bothers you, then, well, there's plenty of other channels you can go watch. Uh, with that being said, we're going to get out of here. Uh, as I, said, I got one more go thing to,
1: that I forgot to mention. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, don't forget to check out my video That's premiering tomorrow at noon It's the first 3D video That I'm posted to YouTube
6: yeah,
0: Well there you go um, Yeah on that one We're going to uh, end it Until next week Stay dirty <laughs>